0: You know, the kids are out of school, pretty much all done. It depends on uh, what school board you're in. Uh, my 14-year-old had his grade 8 crad yesterday. Uh, he is finishing up tomorrow. All done, all finished. I got his report card, great grades, looking good. And you yeah, look at the grades and you ask yourself, all right, are these representative of really what he did? Is this a, a, a good representation of of what he's been able to do. I think if you've got kids into the system at all, you're always wondering about grades. You're focused on the grades, right, as parents. The kids are focused as well. Is that the best way to do it? Is that the best way to ensure success and learning and best practices? Well, my next guest is doing something different at her high school in London, Ontario. It is the concept of ungrading. Stacey Oliver is a high school English teacher at A.B. Lucas Secondary School in London, Ontario. Welcome to the program, Stacy. Thank you. What is ungrading?
1: Well, I think there are a lot of different definitions of what we call ungrading. Um, that's what I have learned, that there are many different models and they look different depending on who is uh, practicing the, the model. So for me, it is putting a focus on exclusively on the learning. And the opportunities for students to be able to take risks without the fear of um, failure in the sense of receiving a mark that they think is going to harm, um, harm them, their overall grade. And so we focus on feedback instead and um, really look at that opportunity to fail without risk of, you know, punishment, as it were, in the terms of a grade. Do you feel like, you know, handing
0: out letter grades is, is too transactional? to students?
1: I I think that we have so much tied our identities to the number. And so we see a lot, or I see a lot of students who identify their own self-worth based on how well they do or do not um, do with respect to their grades. And so I think that's really problematic it, is it transactional? For sure. I mean, I think our our whole academic society is is transactional. Um, but for me, the, the bigger thing is that kids are afraid to really put themselves out there um, and pursue maybe interests or um, a, a different line of inquiry, for example, because they just want to know what they need to do in order to be successful, to get that number. And so risk-taking is really, really risky. Um, and so we avoid it. So I think for me, that's the biggest, um, biggest issue.
0: There will be some that would say like, well, if you, you know, if you take a risk and and cannot fail, that doesn't really teach you how the, the world works. How would you respond to that?
1: So I would say that it's not, um, taking a risk and automatically it doesn't you can't fail they can't they can fail the difference is that they also can recover from the failure because they have um, multiple opportunities to practice the skill so in the real world um, and this is a discussion I have with my students all the time I'll use a driver's license analogy Um, I, I think there are many people who maybe aren't successful on on their, driver, on their driver test the first time. Does that mean that they can never get um, the driver's license? No, it means they need to go back. They need to make sure that they acquire the necessary skill. They need to be assessed again to make sure that they have uh, met or exceeded those expectations for that driver's license. And then when they get the driver's license, um, they're not given, let's say they, they failed three times and they get it on their fourth time. Are they given you know a 25% of a driver's license? No, because they've now met those expectations. And so I think what for me, um, what has changed the most is that the way I have structured things in the past is that if we're looking at the curriculum, you know, it's okay, we're looking at this skill or this strand and then we're moving on um, to other things. And so because we are limited by time, and, and all of those things, I think um, this better mimics the real world because you have an opportunity, you know, you're given a task and then go get it done. And how long and how many, you know, kicks at the can you take to get it done is something that, that does happen in the real world. And it happens for me in this, in this sphere as well.
0: You have a process where kids will actually suggest to you what they think their final grade Will be there. Will be some to say. Well, of course, I think I. I think I got a ninety-five. I. I, I wish I did in all my high school courses. But it, it's a little more nuanced than that.
1: It's a lot more. It's it's a lot more than that. So they we start with uh, learning the curriculum expectations. So the students um, get the document that the same document from the ministry that I have. And we spent about a week going over what those expectations are. And so those are the things that I am bound by, the the overall expectations um, that I need to make sure I'm giving opportunities for the students and that they have opportunities um, in various ways to demonstrate that. And so we talk about what what they mean and what they might look like. Um, And so the students have to, uh, twice during the, the school year, once at midterm and the final grade. They propose their mark, but they have to create a digital portfolio that houses all of their work and uses um, all of the process that they've done to justify how their work is meeting the those those expectations in the strands. So they don't just go, they can't, well, they could, they could come up and say, okay, I think I deserve a 95. And I say, okay, so talk to me how you have met each of the overall expectations in each of our strands. And if they can't do that. Then they they can't justify that that grade.
0: We have a provincial government that has a, a stress on sort of back to basics, you know, back to math basics, that sort of thing. How has uh, what you're doing been been received?
1: So it's very new. I I have only just begun um, this past semester. So it's been a really interesting journey. Um, I did it with a grade nine D streamed. Pilot English class, and I did it with a grade twelve enriched class, and so kind of both ends of the the age spectrum. And um, the common thing was that many of the students were um, were hesitant in the beginning because they had no idea what this was. I was I was proposing to them. Um, they were excited, then they were confused, um, and until I would say until midterm where they had to do their first portfolio submission and, um, conference live conference with me, that's when it, it began to make sense. And they wrote, um, reflection letters to me at the end of the course. And they, they, the overwhelming majority would talk about how, um, it's been a real process for them in personal growth in personal growth, because they have for many of them, um, rediscovered their, their, their um, joy in, you know, sort of pursuing something that they're interested in. Um, And and some of the, some of the things in the portfolio were, I never expected to receive. There was some pretty, pretty amazing um, reactions to, to this.
0: What about the school leadership?
1: So I, my administration has been on board um, from, from the beginning. My principal is very well versed um, in this and this is all this is all rooted in research this isn't you know this has been going on lots of people with way more expertise than me um, have been doing this for a really long time and so I uh, I'm learning from them in terms of um, you know my my pedagogy and reading and things like that and my principal um, it's an area of interest for him as well and so he's been supportive, uh, very, very supportive, as has the board right from the beginning.
0: Stacy, great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Have yourself a great summer. Thank you. You too. It's Stacy Oliver, who is a high school English teacher at A.B. Lucas Secondary School in London, Ontario. Parents, what do you make of that? Does that add up? Students, what do you make of that? I think that she makes a great case there. You can't just go in and say, yeah, I'll take a 95, thank you very much. You have to be able to prove. You have to be able to argue it. And if you've ever done any kind of, you know, where you've been called into the office and justify your salary, you know, justify whether you should continue to work here. Those are important lessons to learn in many ways.